yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about pussies. I know it's it's a thing, I guess, because... <laughs> I mean, I know, in our community, it's a thing because of Austin uh, going off about his pussy in one of the credits things. Um, in that case, being short for boy pussy. But, I, I mean, everywhere else on the internet, I don't know. I mean, there was like a bus that was called the pussy, and that got everyone... In this community, excited. I I don't know if boy pussy is just a thing that's everywhere. Else. I don't keep up with memes and stuff, so I don't know. I I think it's like a gay thing where they're like, um, I don't want to say asshole, so I'll just say boy pussy, mm. <laughs> which. Is, uh, okay, so it's like a derogatory a of- term, like when they call people pussies, except they use it. For a guy, I guess? No, I just mean... I, I think they mean they're actual assholes. Oh. This is... Oh, this is a okay. terrible... <laughs> this was actually a terrible place to start, and I regret yeah, it. Yeah, because I was going to talk about uh, whether or not I had mentioned that I discovered that Max Rebo didn't have legs, and how, what a, you know, soul-shaking revelation that was. Uh, oh, oh, no, did... Did J.K. Rowling strike again? Well, okay, so I guess I didn't... I couldn't remember if I talked about this. Maybe I just talked about it in one of the media boxes or something. Um, I just... I, I was looking at a picture of Max Rebo when I remembered, oh yeah, that... about. And, okay, so... The thing is... The original Max Rebo puppet... Um, it didn't have any... You know, you see him you know, in this, like, piano... That he's playing with what looks like his fingers... Um, and mm-hmm. he, you know, from the waist down, you can't see anything. So the toys for literally decades, even in, you know, like the Clone Wars, uh, Tartakovsky cartoon, they all assumed that from the waist down, there must have been more of the body that he was like standing inside of this circular piano and playing the keys with his fingers. But if you look closely at the actual original puppet, that's his butt sitting on like a pad and his weirdly you know the limbs that he has attached appear to be arms because of where they're attached to the apparent torso um but it's just i guess he's just sitting weird and those two limbs are the only limbs that he has um and it's a thing that i did not realize for I mean, uh, let's see, well, I would have been, because it was within the last year, and I would have discovered Max Rebo when I was, like, five, I guess, maybe, because I, you know, I don't have a lot of memories from before then, so I, I guess it took about 25 years for me to realize this when I went and picked up one of the newer Star Wars comics where they show an Ortolan, which is Max Rebo's species, walking around on his two flabby limbs with, you know, no arms, or no legs, or whatever, because he's only got the two limbs, and they're, like, both arms and legs, but it's just, it, it, it's hard whenever I look at Max Rebo now to try to think, wait, so does he have, I don't know, it, crazy Star Wars facts, um, the original Ortolan puppet only has two limbs, and it has been debating for um three four three decades at this point um whether or not or is it four 
I don't know. It's almost four. Yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah. It'll be four in two years. So yeah, it's been debated for almost four decades whether or not Max Rebo has two limbs or four limbs. I just want everybody to know I took my shirt off. Okay. <laughs> oh. It's ve- yeah. it's very hot. Yeah, it's it's muggy here. I'm sitting behind a fan, but the noise reduction will just remove that so no one will have to hear it. My my Windows thing that I that is apparently on my um taskbar says it's ninety three degrees. Oh. Yeah, it's like eighty four here, I think. I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like 84 and humid, and there's a tropical storm rolling in in a couple days, and we'll see if that breaks the humidity. Oh, really? There's a heat warning. Thank you. Uh, mm. thank, thank you, weather forecast. For well, they, they had to make sure you know, so you yeah. can uh, you know, be prepared in case you walk out of your air-conditioned uh, office. Yeah. <laughs> office. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is my professional podcasting office. Yeah. Yeah, now if you ever leave the air conditioning, just be prepared that it might be kind of hot out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 93, like, isn't even that hot to me anymore. That's the sad part. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like, I'm sure you get used to it. Because, like, like, we've had, you know, tourists from Florida come up here. On days when everyone else is sweating, and they're like, oh, it's nice out. Oh, yeah. Because they're just used to it being hotter than we are up here. But if they came up here when it's 30 degrees in the middle of winter, you know, they'd be suffering. And we'd be like, hey, it, it's above 32. It's kind of comfortable today. Yeah, our uh, our corporate headquarters is in your neck of the woods. Yeah. And uh, when whenever somebody comes down... And it's in the summer for some reason. Um, they almost die. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine. Yeah. They, they would if they stayed outside for more than five minutes at a time. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, what did we do this two weeks? Uh, let's see. Well, we set out to watch the Mummy movies, and we did. Um, and along the way, I also subscribed to HBO Max so I could watch Suicide Squad and then I Yay. watched Space Jam and then I watched uh, Zacky Snyder's um, Justice League and uh, and uh, like a bunch of other stuff you know I've been I realized Venture Brothers was on there so I've been binging my way through that so that'll be a thing we'll be watching at some point oh, soon yeah. I'm I like don't... almost halfway through the series now yeah um I don't know if I'll be able to finish it before next time, but we'll just see how far we get. Yeah, it's it's seven seasons. Okay. The season lengths vary, but... Yeah, they vary wildly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a thing that I know I like, so I might be able to just, like, do nothing but watch Venture Brothers and get through it in the mm. next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, but, like, Mummy has made me realize... That we probably should try to put at least one or two bad movies in each uh, batch of yeah. movies we watch because there's not a lot to say about good movies. Uh, I I think between Mummy Three and Scorpion King, there's one bad movie in there mm. or close to it, like point eight bad movies. Yeah, I mean I think like Scorpion King, 
I liked it more a couple of years ago. I, I still liked it this time, but I, not quite as much, I don't think. Yeah, like, it, it's... Like, th- there's nothing, like, really bad about it. But yeah. also, there's nothing super great about it either. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's... it's it's hornier than I remember, and I think that's the reason I used to like it more, and now that I'm mostly tired all the time, I'm not as horny as I was a few <laughs> years ago. The horny has less power over you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not writing, you know, smut fix about Dice Funk anymore, so... I'm only mildly horny now. Yeah, I mean, it. all the Mummy movies, except for the third one, are kind of horny mm. like not not explicitly yeah most of the but, time just i mean yeah like, they get the egyptian stuff in there and you got woman walking around like, in body paint yeah like she she's wearing like a mesh top with like metal pasties on <laughs> yeah it was hard to figure out what her clothing was because a lot of it was you know like it being paint was a plot point they like um Imhotep touched her arm, and that's how the pharaoh knew that someone else had touched his wife, because he smudged the paint. Yeah, I didn't know that's where that was going, but that's a a cool idea, Mm. at least. And I guess that means that she never sits down or brushes the paint (laughs) on anything else. Yeah, she couldn't even think of a lie, like, oh, I I brushed up against the wall earlier. Yeah. No, she was just that prepared to kill him. Yeah. She just wanted wanted him to know that he'd been cucked before uh <laughs> before killing him. Remember ladies, always cuck before murder. Yeah. And brag about it. Yeah. Like and like not, not just murder, like I guess technically day aside, uh, mm. since were pharaohs considered god kings at the um, time? I don't... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the historical accuracy of the mummy is yeah, pretty shaky. Yeah, I mean... You know, like, I, I don't know if they established in the first one what the time, you know, which era of Egypt it was. I know in the second one, like, Nefertiti was the daughter. But they yeah. might have done that just because... Nefertiti is an ancient Egyptian name that people actually know. Also, Titi. Mm, Nefertiti's. Yep. Um, remember, if you don't want to draw smut, Nefertiti's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. Mm. I'll just have to come up with a better title between now and the end of the episode. Um, yeah, too bad we, we got all the um, pussy jokes out the way um, before mm. we started recording. Jokes as in we you know, referenced the pussy is a term that people use for things. Yes, multiple things. Mm. Um, like... Like a bus, and also a place to put penises. Mm. But yeah, yeah. So in the last two weeks, yeah, I, you know, I've watched a bunch of stuff because of HBO Max. Also, Marvel's What If came out, so there's two episodes of that, and they're both pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, I still haven't seen Loki. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I said no, I'd watch it like a month ago. Um, I I just really wanted to finish the Mafia trilogy. Mm. Oh, um, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I technically didn't, but I watched I watched the ending of Mafia Three, so that's okay. Mm. Yep. And then the rest of my Spider-Man Magic: The Gathering deck finally came in, so I tried it out, and it does play pretty well. Um, so I'm excited to play that tomorrow. And then I made a Kirby Magic: The Gathering deck. So yeah, so that's the thing. We'll see in a couple weeks after it prints and ships uh, how it plays, how well it plays. It's it it, it was kind of complicated trying to get the the Kirby <clears throat> characters adapted into Magic rules, and I'm not sure how well it'll work. But I guess we'll see. How many penguins are in D and D or <laughs> MTG? Shit, <laughs> I said uh, the thing. Yeah. Um. Don't know of any specifically offhand. There probably are some, but they would have bird as their <clears> subtype <throat> instead of penguin. So I would have to just go on gatherer and type in bird and scroll through however many hundreds of birds they've made over the last 30 years. When did Magic the Gathering start? Because I feel like it's been around for 500 years. 1993. Oh, that's a little later than I thought, actually. Yeah, it's not quite that long, but it is. Yeah, no, it, it it like got the whole trading card game phenomenon started in the early nineties. Wow! So Pokemon is Pokemon trading card game is almost as old as Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I mean, I, Yu-Gi-Oh is I think nineteen ninety six. Like that's the copyright date they put on all the cards. So that was like three years later that Yu-Gi-Oh started. And Pokemon card game was also around there. Yeah, it probably would have been... It would have been, like, shortly after the games, but, you know, definitely after the game. The first two games came out. I guess at least, like, 98 for International. Yeah. Yeah, International was 98. I think Japan was probably 97. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, um... And then I also got, um... Because I... you know, since I started watching Dragon Ball Super, there's a Dragon Ball Super card game, so I finally found a starter <clears> set for it. You know, it like the cards all seem to disappear around the time I started watching the show, because I guess you know I got into it after it, you know, reached the end of its run. Um, yeah, but a starter deck finally popped up at a store that I went to, so I bought it and uh, kind of skimmed through the rules. It's it's interesting how it works, like. It's definitely it's got similarities to other card games, but I think it it could make a fun simulation of like a one-on-one Dragon Ball fight. Huh? Because I mean, it's so. I think it's most similar to I've played <clears throat> a couple games of the Final Fantasy card game, and it's similar to that from what I remember of it. But also, it's it's got like elements of Magic and Pokemon. Um, basically, the the way it works, from what I can see is you have a leader card who is your the, the character you're playing as, and they have a front face and a back face, and when you get down to half health, you can flip them into the back face. So, like, a, a lot of the, the game seems to have this, like, back and forth to it, that it's like, as you get beaten down, you power up so you can try to get back in the fight. 
So the way it works so, is, you know, you draw your opening hand, and then you set eight, basically, prize cards, like in Pokemon. <clears throat> but they're, they're your, your life is these eight cards. And then you play battle cards, which are, like, other characters who will come in to assist your character. And, um, you know, th- there's, like, a unison card or something. I, th- there's a few kinds of cards you can play. And then you get up to your battle phase, and you take a bunch, you know, as many of your, like, active battle cards as you want, which I think you can also, you can tap them to get energy to play more cards. Because you don't have, this is, like, the mana system is, like, you, you play a card and then you tap that card to play another card or something like that. Um, although they, they're not allowed to use the word tap because copyright they have to call it rest mode and active mode and it's it's confusingly wordy but it's basically you tap the cards to play other cards that's dragon ball for you and then you when you go into your battle step you can pick whichever active ones you have that you want to use for that combat step and you put them into the combo area where they all you know combine their power and then your opponent chooses their blockers and you know combine their power and then you compare the two totals and whichever total is higher wins that combat and um then the opponent loses a life and when an opponent loses a life they get the prize card so instead of like in pokemon where you know if you win the battle you get a prize card and when you have no prize cards left you win it's like winning gives you more advantages in pokemon and in this game it's like when you lose you get the advantage of an extra card which gives you more opportunity to get back in the fight so i think you know that that should create more of uh like the back and forth action of a dragon ball fight where it's like someone's getting beaten down and then they find the strength to power up and then they're in the lead and then as they're you know turning things back around things you know the, the other person starts building up their power and then they turn it back around and yeah, um, and then they pull a transformation out of their ass. Yeah, yeah. When them, you get down to half health, you transform into your stronger form. So, yeah, like you know, when I get a second deck eventually, I'll <clears> try the game out and see if it plays the way I think it does. But it does seem like a good simulation of a Dragon Ball fight, and just the like increasing stakes and the back and forth of who's got the upper hand. I, I probably could have tried it out <laughs> because there's a digital version in uh, DBZ Kakarot. Oh. Um, and I played that whole game, mm. but didn't didn't even try the card game that came with it because it's a, it's a card game attached to an actual game, and th- those usually aren't very good. Yeah, I mean, I think Kakarot is coming to Switch next month, so maybe I'll pick it up then and learn the card game through it yeah you get you get different cards by basically completing achievements Mm. and like doing side missions and stuff so Mm. and i think i think you can maybe buy them with the the end game currency oh yeah i I didn't really look (laughs) yeah um Oh yeah, I played DBZ Kakarot like a month ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, <laughs> and didn't really. Talk I couldn't about remember that if either. it came up on the show or if it was just in the the game box. 
I think I talked about it a little, but it's it's very JRPG ish, which is not my thing at all. Because mm. um, like it, there's there's an open world with like eight different areas, and you can go around and collect a bunch of almost entirely useless items. Mm. Um, the the best part about the game is just how much it feels like Dragon Ball. Like it, it, it like it, as far as getting the Dragon Ball experience, like it, it's probably the best game they've ever made for that. Mm. Um, like as a fighting game, it's okay. You're, you're usually either way underpowered or way overpowered. Like there's not that many good fights, I guess. Because, mm. um, like, if you do all the side missions, you're going to be overpowered, and I I imagine that if you don't do any of them, you'll be way underpowered. Mm. And it will not be as fun. Like, the, like the, only, the only fight I really enjoyed was, like, the final boss, because they, they just jacked the level of it up so high. Mm-hmm. That it, it matched mine. So it was an even fight. So was it Cell or Majin Buu? It was Buu. Okay. So they do the, yeah, whole, went through the, the whole Z the whole, arc. Yeah. The whole DBZ mm. um, timeline. Mm. But they, they reference um, Dragon Ball, like uh, the original Dragon Ball run so much. Uh, like they... they Bring back all like all the named characters from it, or at least a, a hell of a lot of them. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you do play Kakarot, um, you'll see a lot of characters you know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Like, um, do you know who Fortune Teller Baba is? No idea. She's a little lady who wears a witch hat. And floats around on a crystal ball and makes people pay her thousands of dollars f- to tell their fortune. Yeah, I haven't seen her pop up in any of the uh, episodes I have seen. Yeah, she she has a slight role in uh, the Majin Buu art, but she's not in the rest of Dragon Ball Z, so okay. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fantastic Dragon Ball Z game, but like just a mediocre like fighter slash RPG thing. Mm. So, like, there was a lot of <laughs> like wasted time, but mm. I ultimate I ultimately really enjoyed it. Although I wish that they would play another song besides Hedgehala. Like I, I'm, it's like the most famous um, anime song ever, but just they they the just use it all the time. Yeah, like when when you're flying around, it's like it gets old. Mm. It's, it's like it's by by the time it's the the final fight against Boo. And like they're they're playing the original version of the song, like as if 
it's uh, the season finale of an anime. Mm. Um, it's like, I've heard this song so many fucking times in the last two weeks while I've pl- played this game. Like, all the hype from it has, has been physically drawn out of my brain. So, mm. yeah, I I don't care. <laughs> they should have played Rock the Dragon from the um, the English version. Mm. Or Cell's song from the DBZA. <laughs> my way. <laughs> we, we also watched George of the Jungle. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, who who sang My Way better? Um, John Cleese. John, or... John Cleese as Ape or Takahata as Cell from Dragon Ball Z Abridged? I mean, I've seen George of the Jungle more recently, so I remember that version more. Fucking John, fucking John Cleese as ape, yeah, is ridiculous, and I love it. George of the Jungle is awesome. Everybody, go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It's it. It kind of goes between like really funny slapstick humor and like not funny weird drama. Uh, yeah, I mean. Since, yeah, like, as a kid, I, George of the Jungle was a movie that I didn't see, but one of my Disney VHS tapes had it as a commercial at the start, so I'd seen that one commercial with the theme song that, you know, I've just, I've seen that so many times, so I didn't know what the movie was about. Now that I've seen it, it's, it's kind of like if Tarzan got crossed with Crocodile Dundee. Because yeah. he, he's basically Tarzan, but the plot yeah. is he meets this woman and then goes back to, uh, you know, her snooty parents in the, the in the city, and he's just being a goof around the city. Yeah, like it, it's, it's like in, in the first fifteen minutes, it's like a, it's like a weird, or maybe even like twenty twenty five minutes. It's. Like a, a weird, you know, romp in the jungle, like with slapstick and like jokes for kids. And then in the middle, it's like they, they go back to San Francisco after George has been shot. Uh, yeah, George gets shot. Um, and then there's like weirdly a lot of adult centered jokes. Hmm. Yeah, I was surprised like, that a Disney movie would have a joke where an elephant pees like a fire hose. Yeah. It's just gushing. <laughs> and and then um George is naked and, mm. and uh Ursula and, and her friend are just like talking about how big his dick is. <laughs> And like when when she gets back from the jungle, Ursula's mom like she doesn't actually say the word, but she asks like, "Is your vagina healthy?" <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like I I guess they throw jokes like that in for adults, but like the the rest of the movie is so like kid centric. It's weird. Mm. Also, ripped naked Brendan Fraser. Um, 
So that's cool. Mm, yep. Oh, oh, my my favorite joke was um, at the beginning when they're they're um, in Africa and the the group is walking around and they're like and the the narrator is like when the, when they saw the glorious peak of a mountain they reacted with awe and then and then everybody goes aww yeah actually i like the part where the henchman starts arguing with the narrator yeah. and then the other henchman's yeah. like hey what are you arguing with the narrator is like, he started it no yeah <laughs> They they break the fourth wall in such like good ways, mm. like it's not it's not even like it doesn't get like Deadpool where it starts getting old at some point. Mm. Like they they do it so infrequently, or they do it so infrequently that it it doesn't it doesn't lose. Um, I guess the edge. Well, yeah, and I'd say, like, you know, when they're breaking the fourth wall, it isn't, like, haha, isn't it funny that we're breaking the fourth wall? It, it seems more genuine that they're, like, actually, yeah. like, bringing the audience in on the joke. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, nobody breaks character. Mm. Like, they're, they're just acting like, um... Like, they, they all know that there is a narrator, and that they're in a movie, and they're being watched, yeah. and... Yeah, it, it's... It's as if, like, they they know they're being watched, but they don't know they're in a movie. Mm. Like, like yeah, the the narrator just exists in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's a normal part of the world. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, you know, a world where a silly CGI elephant is running around and everyone just accepts it. Where, where, did, where did John Cleese Ape get his glasses? Ah, uh, probably stole them off a body somewhere. <laughs> he stole him off the the body from the plane crash. Yeah. Of how George got there in the first place. Yeah. Also, I I really like the opening animated segment. Mm. Where like George and the animals, like baby George and all his animal friends are dancing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a catchy enough theme song that you know, I still remembered it, even having not seen the movie, just from seeing like the trailer for the movie. I I haven't seen the movie in forever, but I remembered so much about it. Like I, I don't think we ever owned it, but I remember seeing it so many times as a kid. Mm. I don't know if we rented it a lot or what. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's George of the Jungle. It if you need a if you need a thing to pass an hour and a half that is like an easy watch and will occasionally get you laughs, watch George of the Jungle. Mm. Um, I guess we should talk about Mummy now. Yeah, I mean, it's more Brandon Fraser stuff. Yep. I mean, it's also the thing we were actually supposed to watch. Yeah. George of the Jungle is just a thing that was... I think it was like as recently as Wednesday. I was like, "Hey, we should watch George of the Jungle." I just thought about it, mm. so let's watch it. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I watched I it Thursday after work, so I was kind of brain dead while watching it. 
Yeah. That's that's as good a, a state of mind as any to watch it. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see. Did I write anything down about the mummy? Okay. I guess I guess we start with the first one. Um. I mean, I I'd kind of forgotten. Like I I you know I watched the Scorpion King a bunch of times a few years ago, but the other like I'd seen Mummy one and two. But maybe only once or twice, so I'd forgotten how much of a horror movie it's to, like. Like the yeah, the original Mummy, you know, the Boris Karloff Mummy was a horror movie, um, and <clears throat> this one is more of like an Indiana Jones style adventure movie. But also, it is still definitely it ha- the horror elements are still there. Whenever yeah, like, the definitely. Mummy comes up, or you know, the scarabs, or any any of the that stuff. You know, there's still the, like, scary-in-a-fun-way kind of things. Um, yeah, yeah. like, Im- imagine the the opening of the Ark of the Covenant from the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, except that happens, like, five or six times over the course of the movie. Mm. Yeah. Where, where, like, people just... People just get horribly murdered by like supernatural effects. Mm. Yeah, also- or 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 the scarabs. I'm counting that as supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like also, you know, I'd forgotten the like all three of these movies had um like a very long opening sequence to establish the bad guys, uh, like the the evil monsters origin story before we yeah. cut to our adventurers who are off on their own adventure. And the bad guy monster, you know, becomes involved in that, but isn't, like, the focus of it, really. So. Yeah, yeah, like, there's there's basically a, sh- a narrated short film at the beginning of all three movies yeah. that, that tell you... Yeah, um, everything like, you ha- ever possibly needed to know about Imhotep, or about Matthias of Acadia, or uh, Dragon Emperor guy. yeah. I'm I'm sure they say his name, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's especially good. weird with you know the Rock Matthias of Acadia because in that movie he's just you know it's like like that movie when we get to like the present day thing it's just like a race to stop the Scorpion King from destroy you know from waking up so he can destroy the world. But otherwise, he's just like a mindless half scorpion CGI monster. By the time they find it, like they don't even talk to him. Yeah. So like, like, we spend so much time learning his backstory about how he was a king and he, you know, conquered all these lands and then he lost them and he was driven off into the desert with his followers and and we, it doesn't really matter because he's just he, he's <laughs> he becomes a scary half scorpion dude and now he's just a big monster. Yep, and we never find out how that happens, except maybe in the Scorpion King sequels, which we're never going to watch. Uh, not even by the the fifth one. He hasn't, you know, become a big scary Scorpion Man, or even lost his kingdom. And the fifth one is apparently the last one. I couldn't remember what happened in the fifth one, so I looked at the wiki and it said it's the last one. And that where it ends, <laughs> it still hasn't gotten up to... Scorpion King 1, I don't think. I'm, 
I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm imagining like you opening the Scorpion King five page of the wiki. Oh yeah, and all it says is it's the last one. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's the confirmed final uh, Scorpion King movie until they reboot it, which they're talking about doing now. Yeah, I mean, like it's an easy I, I franchise to make. Like uh, you, you just get a, a wrestler who wants to do. A like a sword and sorcery movie, and you just come up with a you know quick and easy Conan the Barbarian story for them and call it the Scorpion King. Like I, I feel like all the most popular wrestlers are like old now, though. Mm. Like not not old enough where they can't like be a star in a movie, but just like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin have been around for like thirty years at this point. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, a lot of the established wrestlers have started moving into acting, you know, probably because The Rock has done so well at it. Like, John Cena is trying really hard to get a, you know, movie gig. Like, he was in... um, He was in Fred. Yeah, uh, I think he was in (laughs) Fast 9 as, uh, like, Dom's lost brother or something. And then he's in Suicide Squad, the new one, as uh, Peacemaker. Who is getting his own like spin-off series, which is weird because like he he uh. did fine. He wasn't the best part of that movie, but he he just he really wants to you know have a role like uh, you know The Rock and Batista have gotten from from their you know big movie roles. Right. So yeah, so John Cena has been moving into that scene now too, but. But I say a wrestler just yeah. because like all like the sequels to. The Scorpion King have different guys playing um, Matthias, but usually either the person playing him or the villain of the movie is uh, another wrestler. Huh. I guess that makes sense. I mean... So the, the I think the Scorpion King huh. movies... Like, the first one was trying to be like a Conan the Barbarian movie that is also kind of a prequel about a character who got like no development outside of a prologue in the mummy movies yeah um, like all, all you all you learn about him in mummy too is that he was a king who lost and wandered the the desert and eventually somehow got caught or got trapped in in a tomb as a giant half scorpion man. yeah he made a deal with the egyptian god of death to go retake his lands and he went and retook his lands with an army of cgi jackal people and that was good enough to complete his contract and uh the god of death turned him into a half scorpion man and stuck him in a tomb and i guess there's a prophecy that he will eventually be released and that'll be the end of the world or something but apparently there's also a prophecy that Rick O'Connell will mm. <laughs> throw a spear at him and kill him. Yeah. Yeah, and the prophecy is tied to this one scorpion bangle that he was wearing that fell off of him when his contract ran out or something, and Rick O'Connell's uh, idiot little kid will put it on and have to travel the world projecting holographic maps out of it. <laughs> Do you remember the, the mummy... Um, Saturday cartoon. Uh, on, I remember. On w- I, I I didn't watch any mummy cartoons. I know there was a 
cartoon called Mummies Alive that I had a pair of sneakers that was based on. I think that was <laughs> something different. No, it was like the Mummy TM cartoon. Okay. Like, yeah, that was probably later. Like, I think Mummies Alive like was Like it stars... It, it had to come out after Mummy 2 because it stars Rick and Evie um, and their kid. Like, and instead of instead of putting on the the bracelet of Anubis or mm. I think that was yeah the I think name. it was Anubis he 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 puts on the manacles of Osiris. <laughs> okay, so they just ripped and, off the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it it's yeah like they they ripped off the the they ripped off the plot of the movie, except they don't have the whole he'll die and. They don't have the whole ring. Um, he'll die in seven days. Yeah, is he still um, projecting holographic maps out of his bangle? It it gives him weird powers that I'm. If I remember right, he can't. Con- it's been fifteen years mm. since I've even thought about this. Um, yeah, and who knows which well, streaming service it's on now? Like it, it gave him weird powers. Um, they spent the whole show trying to get it off of him, and I think Emotep came back and wanted the manacles to take over the world. Yeah, I mean, it's called The Mummy. Like, he has to come back, even though they pretty well put him to rest at the end of the second movie. Yeah. I mean, ev- every every like popular movie at the time got a, a weird kid show. Yeah. Um... So, well, yeah, I mean, that goes back to like the 80s when they had like the Ghostbusters cartoon and like Aliens, I think, was going to get a cartoon, but I don't know if it actually did or if they canceled it before that happened. Yeah, like, I think Robocop did get a cartoon. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. I think Robocop had a cartoon for kids. I didn't Darkstalkers get one? (laughs) Probably. I'm pretty sure it did. That was terrible. I wonder if they ever considered making an Evil Dead cartoon for kids. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) I would genuinely love to see that. Mm. Like, like, he he uses a chainsaw and a shotgun. Like, how do they get around him killing people? Well, I I mean, it would have to be like the sword fighting in The Mummy 2, where everybody's not wearing armor and they're swinging swords at each other and then they just fall down. You know, th- there's no yeah. blood at all. The the only the only blood is um like five minutes after they get stabbed and and they they like put their hands to their wound and look look at their hand and they're like. Oh shit! I've been stabbed. Yeah. How did that happen? And then they I fall over armor. and die. <laughs> the, the the mummy is not an intellectual series. Mm. It, it is for your your ass and seats and your popcorns and your forty eight ounce. Um, like twelve dollar fountain drinks. Mm. Yeah. Also, I just looked at my notes. I forgot at the end of Mummy Three, they tease that there's going to be another one set in Peru, and so I looked yeah. into it, and I guess there there was like a title and possibly a script for it, but they decided to reboot the franchise before they got around to making that. 
Well, I mean, they re- it took them like over a decade to actually reboot the franchise. So, mm, well, because uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was what, like two thousand eight, I think. Yeah, some- something like was... that. Yeah, I guess it was like twenty eighteen that the Tom Cruise mummy came out. And I think by that point, Brendan Fraser retired from at least from action. Like he does TV shows still, but he, you know, action movies. I guess it, it would took too much of a toll on his body. And he had to like, have surgeries for injuries and stuff, so he doesn't do action anymore. Oh wow! I really don't know anything about Brendan Fraser aside from the few things I've seen him in, mm. like when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done some TV shows. He was in Doom Patrol. Which is, you know, one of the newer things I've seen of him in. Um, where he plays a robot man. <clears throat> yeah. And he gets to swear a lot, because it's a, you know, mature rated show, so. Yeah. Swearing. Yeah. He says fuck. And shit, and <gasps> stuff. <gasps> and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the worst curse word stuff. <laughs> Yeah, or the Oreo like. company is 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 really um really riding riding the the line there between decency and uh, oh, I don't this joke has gone on too long eject yeah 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 right stuff <laughs> anime is a really crass uh, title for a company <laughs> lemons and things used to be called lemons and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then uh, people remembered that if you spell stuff with only one F like they did, uh, that means shut the fuck up. So, uh, oh wait, no, maybe shut the up fuck, but still. Um, I don't know, people, everyone's dyslexic like me. <laughs> Um, I what 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 what? Can I talk about Space it's, Jam and Legacy? It's a good thing we're recording this for people to eventually listen to, assuming they don't sleep through it. Yeah, do do the do the thing you wanted to do. Uh, oh, there's a lot of things I want to do. Look, we don't have time to talk about your fetishes. Just talk about space. Yeah, not on this episode. No. Um, Yeah, okay. So, let's see. I've got this list of movies I watched on... um, on Now streaming on HBO Max. Uh, Sign up now. uh, Offer code uh, SHACK for um, (laughs) a discount on (laughs) something or other. I don't know. I wish. I wish they'd give us discounts. It would make you get a free dildo. Yeah, I'm still debating whether or not I want to renew for another month because there's definitely enough on there to watch that it feels like it's worth the fifteen dollars, but I don't want to keep it indefinitely. Um, I'm gonna watch the fuck out of Venture Brothers and then probably not watch anything hmm. else. Wait, is Suicide Squad free? They don't do the Disney Plus thing where they make you pay 30 fucking dollars for a new movie. It is free, but only for a month, and then it disappears and comes back after the theatrical run's over. Okay. So, like, Space Jam A New Legacy, I caught it 
and I wanted to watch it again, but it dropped off the service in the last week, so it's not on there anymore. Okay. Um, I need to watch Suicide Squad, then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Space Jam A New Legacy, my notes on it say, um, pretty meh, comma, dumb. End of notes. Yeah. Sounds about yeah. right. I mean, everything that is to be said about the movie has kind of already been said. If you've heard, like, any other podcast talking about the, like, many, many references and cameos, you know, like, the... It just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say about it, aside from it's... I'd say it's fine, but it's, it's just kind of boring. Like, when it got... Like, the basketball game takes the second like hour of the movie and i pretty much lost interest in that i mean like the stuff before that at least had different settings going on but yeah i don't know it, it it's a movie it it finally happened it took like 20 years of people asking for it and it happened and it's boring and and that's that i guess um Oh, also, uh, show, I don't know if you, I mean, I, I know you have, as has been established, you have the DVD of it. Uh, Kill the Kill is on HBO Max. What? Yep. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, and like, I watched it years ago on Netflix, and at the time I didn't really get it. Uh, so I watched the first couple episodes on HBO Max and realized I still don't get it. Uh, so I started looking up, like, why is any of, like, it, it, it's a very chaotic show. And, like, I understand the plot on the base level of what is happening, but it feels like there's a reason things are happening that I just is not clicking in my brain and i figured it out the reason why is because i have not seen a lot of magical girl anime and kill the kill is like a play on the tropes of magical girl shows so that i think that's the part that's not clicking in my brain that it's like it's a send up of like almost a parody of tropes of a genre that i'm not that familiar with i I mean, that's part of it. I wouldn't say, like, that's the... Like, I don't think that's the the key piece you're missing. Mm. Like... Like, yeah, yeah, they... They they hang on to a lot of uh, magical girl tropes. Mm. Um, except, you know, instead of getting, like, cute dresses and magic wands, they get... Naked. Um... <laughs> 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 Basically, yeah, they they get almost naked and have s- weapons to destroy clothing. Yeah, 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 they get naked and they've got like a blade that is half a pair of scissors, and so it's yeah. like everything's about clothing and school. But it's also like the school is like a fascist re- regime, and the yep. uh, that one's the clothing on purpose. Are, yeah, it, it, it's. It, so I guess, yeah, if I was more familiar with the tropes of like, oh yeah, these shows, they're usually set in a school, and you know, there's like a lot of drama in the school, and this is like the amped up cocaine version of like a Sailor Moon, I guess, that 
it's like it's not just a school it is like an autocracy you know this like horrible regime that needs to be overthrown school um and like i i'll i'll, I'll say this like thematically kill like hill is a combination of like so many disparate things that if i said them out loud it would just sound stupid and make no mm. sense like it, it 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 touches on like magical girl shows and like fem- feminism and japanese history mm. and and just pop culture in general and it just throws them all in a blender and um comes out really weird mm. um so yeah like not entirely getting it is not a bad thing. Mm. Um, like the, the the first part of the show, you're kind of just along for the ride, and then about a third of the way through, um, that's when shit starts getting real. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I ended up just kind of I think browsing a wiki summary to see, okay, so what happens next after this, and. So I, I kind of got, you know, a sense of, like, the arcs of the plot. Yeah. Um, after the Naturals election, uh, <laughs> which is the thing, um, it gets invaded by um, Sasuke's mom's um, assistant. Um... <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know, what? move on. To the <laughs> it is. I guess. It it's it's not it's not worth it. Like it it's. I would I would sound like more than a crazy person mm. if I if I try to explain like what actually happens. Um, uh, shit happens. People get naked. Yeah. Uh. And at 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 the end, there's a naked dog pile. Hmm. And it's it's very sweet, and <laughs> it makes me cry. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because I remember what like clothing was the like, aliens that are possessing people's bodies or something, and not just More the or less. not just the school uniform one she finds in the first episode, but like just the like, clothing all over the world is like evil. Yeah, um, the the clothing that they wear that gives them superpowers is made of life fibers, which is essentially an alien organism mm. that assimilates a world and then destroys it and moves on. Um, and yeah, like the the more the higher the percentage of life fibers in a piece of clothing, the more powerful it is, but also the more strain it puts on the body, mm. because it, it it it's basically eating you <laughs> as um, you wear it. Okay, so so it's like the venom symbiote. <clears throat> In a way, yeah, yeah. So like the the basic the basic grunts um, of the the school, like they theirs is like ten percent, and they get powers, and then. The, the heads of the 
the student body clubs is like 20% and they get like like weirdly specific superpowers um and then the the elite four who who are Satsuki's um like generals basically like there's this 30% and they get um crazy powerful superpowers that um are like basically weapons of mass destruction at that mm. point um and then uh the main characters get suits that are 100% because they're special mm. and the 100% and they, doesn't kill them right that that's that's the explanation for why uh, they're like half naked it's because the the more skin it covers the more blood it drains i mm. guess like even even the show kind of admits that it's bullshit <laughs> so. yeah well, yeah yeah because i get and it's you know playing on the magical girl tropes <clears throat> of the like costume change and um yeah yeah and the 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 magical talking thing that shouldn't talk that gives you your powers yeah, yeah that's that's all I want to say about Kill la Kill. You should watch it. It's good. Mm. Everybody listening. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, and, and and if you don't like it, it's not my fault because I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see. I also watched New Mutants because for whatever reason, it's on HBO Max, even though it's a Fox oh, that's movie. That's a lot. Um, that's not a not a thing that I want to. Well, see. it turns out it's not that bad. I don't believe. You. Yeah, I mean it's it's it maybe because I'd already heard like podcasts and stuff that had told me what the plot is. You know, like I knew to expect. It's not amazing. It, it is not like a good X Men movie, really. But as you know, it it's trying to be like a horror movie, and some of the imagery is pretty genuinely creepy. Um, so in that sense, it works. Like in other senses, it doesn't work. It, you know, it, it's not amazing, but it's also not nearly as bad as I've been led to believe. It just, you know, I don't know. I guess got delayed because it was like hard to find the audience for it. Like it, it's a movie that wants to be scarier than it's allowed to be because it's a franchise. I think. Huh. It, it, it it's basically yeah, I... like this. These, like, I'd call them kids. They're like teenagers with uh, mutant powers, and they've all been, um, you know, they've had like their, you know, whatever traumatic backstories. You know, people either got hurt or killed because of their powers. So they're all. They've all got dead people. Yeah, so they've all been put into this institution that is. It's connected to the Essex Corporation, so it's, you know, Mr. Sinister is somewhere in the background as he was through most of the late X-Men movies as they were trying to find a way to work him into the story and never did. Um, but, yeah, so there's this one woman who is apparently the only staff in this entire building, because we don't see anyone else, who is, like, their therapist, having them do, like, group therapy sessions, but also, like, you know, not, like, I don't remember if there was actually anything she was doing to stop them from using their powers, or if they were just, like, discouraged. 
from using their powers because it's like a creepy therapy asylum kind of scenario um and yeah like the the main girl at the start of the movie her family is killed by a giant demon bear which it turns out is um a thing okay it's um okay well (laughs) don't you you don't have to you can continue i Uh, giant um, giant demon bear okay yeah in the comics it's a thing called the demon bear her power i guess her name is danny moonstar and she's like a native american (laughs) she's a native american she's the third member of ninja sex party yeah she's yeah she's native american living on like a reservation with her family and um her power is that her basically like her nightmares and other people's nightmares become real around her and so her okay, dad gives that, her the two wolves makes a parable, except it's two bears instead of two wolves that are living inside her and whichever one gets stronger is <laughs> the one you feed yada yada oh, uh, apparently no. she fed the wrong bear and it got big and killed everyone <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah so demon bear killed her family she ends up in this asylum and she is you know accidentally bringing the other teenagers like nightmare traumatic backstories to life through her powers so don't feed the wrong bear yeah yeah so she um so like yeah so their nightmare scenarios you know like you get a lot of just like creepy imagery of like um magic is one of the characters in there and Mm -hmm. her i guess i don't know she was like as a child in was like I don't know, kidnapped or sold off to or whatever. This, like, cult of the smiling men who are just, like, these really creepy, lanky guys wearing, the, you know, like, distorted smiley masks. Slender um, man. Yeah, basically. There's these creepy slender men who are, like, just creeping all over as a child who, you know, get pulled into the real world because, of, or I guess into the present because of these, uh, nightmare, you know, powers. Um, do do they fight the demon bear? Yeah, yeah. They, nice. they have a big fight against the demon bear at the end, um, where yeah, they're all using their powers to. Well, I think like the bear one mauls the um, teacher lady to death after she had been told by Mister Sinister to kill Danny because her powers were getting out of control. Um, that yeah the the powers Rude. get even more out of control and then the bear kills her and, you know uh, i'm beginning to think we can't trust this mr sinister guy <laughs> yeah and then yeah so they all have to team up and stop the demon bear and help danny realize that it's her power going out of control and she's got to be in control of herself to stop it from killing everyone i guess or something i don't know just, it, it's one of just, those you know big final fights that ends with the character mm-hmm. having to like accept the dark power inside of them whatever to you know like control their emotions enough to end the threat they should have just fed the other bear mm. yeah like find like find the other bear like shove some salmon down its throat <laughs> yeah make him big enough um. to eat the demon bear <laughs> and then yeah. you have a bigger bear <laughs> <laughs> building building a bigger bear <laughs> <laughs> okay there's the title <laughs> building a bigger bear. 
nobody will have any idea of what the context is until they hear it. Yeah. No, I'll just leave New Mutants out of the episode description, so... <laughs> There'll just be a picture of this weird CGI bear from the end of the movie that's like, fighting a bunch of teenagers. Oh my god. This this episode is fun. I like you, Jade. Mm. You're fun to talk to. Oh, that's good. We should... We should do this um, every, every weeks. couple weeks yeah. or so. Yeah. yeah. You, you read my mind. Mm. Yeah, that, that's my mutant superpower. <laughs> I see my all those airplanes super- in there. <clears throat> yeah, my my mutant superpower is liking Ace Combat too much, mm. I guess. Or taking off my shirt um, <laughs> while, while wearing headphones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a mutant to be able to do that, because uh, how else would you get the shirt around the headphones? Right. Nobody knows how I did it. Yeah. Yeah, it would get all tangled up on the headphone cord. My nipples are exposed right now. Mm. But if it's that hot, they shouldn't be perky, because, you know, it's not... Like, oh, no, cold. they're 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 saggy. Yeah. My my saggy hot nips. Mm. Um, so <laughs> please let's move on. Yeah, so I saw Suicide Squad. It's really fun. Um, it's also probably the most violent superhero movie I've ever seen, which is saying something because I've seen all the Punisher movies, and now this one it's like Mortal Kombat levels of violent. It's like people getting torn oh. in half. It. It, like, revels what? in the level of blood and gore that it can get into. That That's funny, because the actual Mortal Kombat movie, like, the, the deaths the deaths themselves were pretty violent, but, like, there, there weren't that many of them. Mm. Now, this one, you see a King Shark ripping a guy in half. Nice. The long way. Oh. <laughs> okay, so he does he does the, the noob cybot um, fatality. Yeah. Also, as shown in the trailers, Starro is in the movie, and he's great. Just this big, dopey-looking star who's actually, like, super scary. How, how is the CGI on him? Uh, really good. Cool. Yeah. Because it, it either has to be really good or really bad. Like, th- there can be no in-between. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean... Since it just came out, it's hard to know what to say aside from it's really good and go watch it if you have any interest in seeing it or watch it whenever you're able. I guess, I don't know, streaming services and stuff are weird right now, but... I'm gonna watch it tomorrow, probably. Mm. Before Venture Brothers, because I feel like that's a hole that I'm gonna get lost in. Mm. Yep. And then I saw the Snyder Cut. It is a very oh, long no. four hours. It's yeah, it's it's about a half hour longer than Return of the King, but I imagine it felt about three times as long. Yeah, no, it felt really long because I just don't, you know... Like, I like the DC characters in shows and stuff where I've... You know, where, where they develop them enough for me to like them. But I feel like these Snyder movies expect you to bring, you know, whatever, like, 
love or interest you have in Batman and Superman, like, like you have that with you as you come into it. The, you know, you're interested in this Batman because you like Batman, period. And that's not how it is for me. It's like, I, I don't care about this Batman. And they don't convince me that I should care about this Batman. Or, like, the Superman, he's just an angry asshole most of the time. Like, I don't care about this version of Superman. He doesn't feel like Superman. Um, but, but yeah, so this, so it, it's more of a slog trying to watch the, this four-hour movie because I don't care about any of the characters and it doesn't convince me to care. Um... Even though, like, yeah, like, Cyborg gets, uh, you know, he had, like, a whole subplot that got cut out for the theatrical version. But it's mostly just tragic backstory kind of subplot about him, mm -hmm. you know, being angry at his father for uh, saving his life and turning him into a cyborg. Um, and and also just, you know, like, his, well, I don't know. Uh, now I'm, it's starting to blur in my head because they do Cyborg in Doom Patrol. And he's got the same kind of conflicts with him and his dad, but they do a much better job of, you know, making him feel like a three-dimensional person. His his father was never there because he was too busy getting stoned. Well, I mean, funny joke about the last name, but um, <laughs> but no, like his his dad um, is actually like there too much, because uh, his dad is always. Like monitoring him through, um, like, uh, Facebook? Like, well, like surveillance software kind of stuff. That, oh, so Facebook. Yeah, that, you know, because he, you know, set him up with this cyborg body. Uh, at least in the, in the Doom Patrol version, I know for sure, because it was like a subplot in there, that there's like protocols and stuff that, like, basically he can see whatever his son as cyborg is seeing. And, you know, be able to, like, communicate with him and stuff. And he, over the course of, I think, the first season, ends up having to enable a privacy mode. Because, you know, Victor Cyborg is getting, you know, angry that his father is, like, you know, so overprotective of him. Um, and I, I feel like they had a subplot like that in the Snyder Cut, but I don't remember. I just know he had, like, a How conflict with his dad, and then his dead eventually like three hours in dies for reasons that i don't even remember why it happened how relatable aren't all of our fathers messing with our cyborg enhancements mm. to spy on us yeah no it's it's a modern mythology really <laughs> it's like poetry yeah it rhymes and shit <laughs> Yeah, so I do still have. Yeah, I was checking to see. I I actually took notes, kind of, on this one. Oh God. Um, at least the first <laughs> half, because by the second half, I just didn't care anymore. Um, because yeah. it, it is like the theatrical cut is more or less the plot of the movie. There's just like a lot of like extended and deleted scenes that have been cut back in, and um. And the color, you know, drained out of it, so it, it's mostly mono, like, you know, like sepia tone almost a lot of the time. Like it feels Gross. like a lot of it. It feels like 
Zack Snyder really wants to make 300 again. Because there's, like, I don't think I wrote down, because I had captions on. There, There's, like, this one style of music that keeps coming, this, like, mysterious, ancient, you know, like, chant kind of, you know, woman, single woman's voice, you know, making noises kind of, like, the, the kind of music you would expect in the background of, like, a 300, where it's, like, you know, like gods and monsters mythology um, thing going on. Like that, that kind of music shows up all the time throughout the movie, and doesn't really feel earned. But um, it's just—I don't know—it's it's just part of his style, I guess. And it, like, it happens a lot with like the Themyscira, Amazons, <coughs> even like the Atlanteans, and kind of makes sense for you know the setting of that even though you know like like most things in the movie it just doesn't feel earned for that but um i see you've been sent a message i wonder what's in it the snyder cut recut <coughs> uh, that i'll have to watch after we've recorded uh you can watch it now uh well i don't know if my computer will like that i think it'll uh Uh-oh screw with the bandwidth that it needs to keep the the audio file going darn yeah um well that that kind of sandbags my joke though oh you can't (laughs) explain what was in the video for our listeners so they'll know what the joke is it's it's um no i don't want to okay Um, so just just cut this out, delete it. Like get my face off the camera. Oh, all right. Um, well, the good news is we don't have cameras. So oh, so nobody can see my hot nips. No, nobody, nobody's seen them. They're relying on your, uh, you know, vocal descriptions to uh, paint a word picture of your hot nips. Um. Well, they're. They're like mildly pink. Mm. Um, they're very hairy. Oh. Yeah. Like there, there's like a, a small ring around it where there's not hair. Mm. And then and then just past that, it's like no man's land. Mm. Um, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. Uh, let's see. Did I have any other <laughs> notes? On, uh, only other note I see on Snyder Cut is that the boom tubes don't boom. They're more of a bloop tube, because they make a bloop sound. <laughs> it's like a digital bloop kind of sound whenever the tube opens up to teleport um, Steppenwolf. Oh, and also, yeah, and Darkseid is... When they come, they get like, the around, mommy box. But yeah, Dar- Darkseid, he's just hanging out on Apocalypse, and, you know, the, the Justice League kind of flip him off at the end by... Uh, like they kick Steppenwolf back because th- Steppenwolf was trying to open a portal to Apocalypse, so Darkseid and his army can storm through and conquer the Earth, or destroy the Earth, or whatever the fuck they want to do with the Earth. Um, of course. And then so they they kick Steppenwolf back through, and as he's flying back through, Wonder Woman in slow motion jumps and chops his head off, so his body and his head fly through the portal. And the head lands on the ground all dramatic and stuff, and then they all do their hero poses, and then the portal 
closes on them and dark side's like well that fucking sucks i guess since we don't have the mommy boxes we're just gonna have to go the long way and get our spaceships and fly there and that's the setup for justice league 2 but then we go into the other epilogues of um bruce buying um martha kent's house well buying the bank that owns the house because he's just he wants to show off to superman how rich he is that not only does he own his mom's house he also owns the bank that owns his mom's house um and then yeah. um then he has another nightmare sequence where he's uh in the post apocalypse with oh well first we get the epilogue of uh deathstroke on the yacht with lex um although what? what you don't remember that scene no okay in the theatrical cut of justice league lex luthor was i, I never watched Oh, you did. Well, I, I, I did, I did watch Justice. You just didn't watch I, it enough watched, times to remember. I, I watched Justice League on TV. Okay. So it might just be oh, that they cut the credit scene out. It, it, if it was FX, they actually might have, but mm. um, either that or it went to credits and I just stopped watching. Okay. Yeah, because mid credits of Justice League theatrical cut. There's a scene where Lex Luthor, who was in either arkham or some kind of prison um he he so the security guard goes to check on him and realizes oh no that's not lex it's a different bald guy who's been stuck in lex's cell and lex has actually escaped and lex is on a yacht and um, <laughs> it's a different bald guy. yeah there's there's a different bald guy and he starts laughing when he turns around and they're like oh no we have the wrong bald guy in this cell so, so lex is on a yacht uh, and Deathstroke, the Terminator, is there, um, you know, Slade Wilson, and he is the guy who busted Lex out, and- That's not his name. Yeah. He's not a pool. Yeah, and then, um, and, uh, so Lex, in the theatrical cut, is like, isn't it time we had a league of our own, uh, as their way of setting up the Legion of Doom, I guess, um, but- Obviously, that didn't happen. In the Snyder Cut, Lex says, uh, Hey, do you want to kill Batman? And, like, uh, by the way, his name is Bruce Wayne. Like, he tells Deathstroke uh, Batman's secret identity that, you know, frankly doesn't seem that secret the way he's been treating it throughout the movie, but his secret identity um, to set up, I guess, a future Ben Affleck versus Deathstroke movie that's not going to happen. And then we get the nightmare sequence where we see um, future Batman in the desert uh, post-apocalypse with a Deathstroke who is now on his side. So I guess we know how that movie shook out. And um, <laughs> Mira has the trident be and mentions that Arthur, you know, Aquaman, got killed. So she's the Aquaman now. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, I can't remember the, I, the, this. Uh, no, she's Water Woman. Yeah, Wet Woman. Um, so <laughs> don't. <laughs> and and Flash is there, who we've <laughs> seen from, you know, Batman v Superman when he ran back in time to try to give, you know, Batman a message and realized he fucked up and told him the wrong time. Um, that apparently, uh, oh, and Joker is also there. And says something or other to Bruce. I don't know. It's dumb. 
but it, it's the part where Batman says fuck, so that was exciting, I guess. <laughs> um, but he does—he says fuck in the future. He doesn't even say fuck in the present. Yeah, he, day. he says it in a future dream. Oh come on! Yeah, like yeah, where he's having. Zack a- Snyder doesn't even have the balls to have Ben Affleck say fuck in the present. Yeah, no, he's he's um talking to Jared Leto Joker, who I think they said killed basically injustice happened i guess the joker killed lois lane and that set superman over the edge to join dark side and his conquering forces that have turned the earth into this apocalyptic wasteland and somehow having joker on their team now is going to set things right or something i don't know Uh, i okay so i i get the whole the thing with the Injustice story is that Superman goes over the edge. Yeah, I mean, so he, the, like the he point he, where he takes over to set things right. Make sense, right? Like he, like even even in the Injustice world, like he's not he's not such a big dick that he's like, okay, I want to rule everything now. He's like, okay, I'm gonna take everything over so shit like this doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, but. Like, joining Darkseid is just a whole different level. But I guess it does fit like, for this Superman who's generally been a dickbag most of the time. That's true. If only he could just snap Darkseid's neck. <laughs> and then he can be the new Darkseid in World Apocalypse. Yep. Because he's got laser vision. It's it's a lot like the zigzaggy laser vision that Darkseid has. Yeah. Except he might actually be able to hit something. Yeah. Because it doesn't zigzag. Yeah, he might he he might be able to hit Batman with it. <laughs> yeah, we do get to see Darkseid do the zigzaggy lightning vision in uh, like a flashback to the previous time that he tried to take over the Earth, but a bunch of cavemen and um, and Egypt or uh, Greek gods and Green Lanterns and you know Vandal Savage. Uh, if Vandal Savage was there, they didn't establish it, but I think. Um, that would have been cool. Uh, Ares was there from the Wonder Woman movie, but that that's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> Ares kind of sucks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we see a flashback of this alliance of men and Atlanteans and Amazons and Green Lanterns uh, teaming up to stop Darkseid and Apocalypse from taking over the Earth, and then they get the three Wait. mommy boxes. And the uh, um, the Amazons bury theirs inside like a fortified vault. Uh, the Atlanteans put theirs in un- <clears throat> like an underwater fortified vault. And the men dig a big hole, uh, maybe like six feet deep, and drop the box in there and bury it. And that's sufficiently hidden. See how come? How come in every story it's always the men that fuck things up? Like they're the ones who turn into ring rates. Mm. They're the ones who lose their mommy box the easiest. Yeah, well, I mean, by the present day, the mm-hmm. mommy box has been dug up and is in. Well, it was in a lab with Cyborg's dad, but then Cyborg, I guess, decided to take it home and stick it in the back of his closet because that's where it first turns up. <laughs> that. Cyborg like wakes up and finds the box is shaking in the back of his closet, and and that's the ominous cue that the bad guys are coming. 
I might not have a mommy, but I can have a mommy box. Yeah. I mean, he's got to come from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) His dad just fucked the mommy box. (laughs) And the cyborg popped out. Yeah. Nine months later. And they just implanted all these memories that he was a full human who was like a football player and stuff. Uh, I, 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 Jade, I just care so little. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, so the movie ends. They have the this you know apocalyptic future vision where they establish. I think at the end of it that Superman is the bad guy, uh, and then Batman wakes up because it was another future dream. And yeah, I think that's where the movie <clears throat> ends. Finally, after. Four hours, it finally ends. Yep. Well, no, then then it has very long credits, because it was a four-hour-long movie, and you have to credit a lot of people and something like that. That's fair. Like they, I mean, nobody will ever read their name, but it's a good thing that their name is on there. And I guess, to their credit, they did split the movie into, like, five parts. Like, it, it all plays sequentially as a full movie. But there, there's like five markers that show up like every, you know, hour and ten minutes or whatever into the movie. Um, that is, you know, like a pretentious title for what this fifth of the movie is about. Okay, so it's like a five-act structure? Yeah, I think. It was either five or six. Um, also, yeah, like they... Uh, Steppenwolf's base is in whatever, uh, you know, Soviet city it was in, but there's no people at all. You know, there's no weird Russian family, like, in the theatrical cut. And there's no people living in there. It's, you know, like, there was a nuclear power plant. It had a meltdown. The city has been evacuated for a long time. And the fact that it's irradiated is what drew Steppenwolf to it, because I guess that's good for the mommy boxes if there's... Like nuclear residue lying around. <clears throat> it should he should have uh, set up shop in Poland where Magneto's family was getting murdered. Mm. Well, I think that was a few decades before. Oh yeah, his his family was already long dead by then. That's true. Yeah, and he'd already gone back and torn the whole uh, camp to shreds with Apocalypse's help. Yeah. I I think it's canon that X-Men and Justice League take place in the same universe. Eh, might as well. I mean, yeah. you know, Justice League talks as little about world-shaping events from X-Men as the other X-Men movies do. <laughs> <laughs> it fits into continuity, see? Yeah. I mean that 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 actually would be um, interesting if there was an X Men movie that had Batman in it, mm. and it just ignored like like it had all the same actors, but it just ignored like all the continuity from both. Yeah, if like if Warner Brothers had bought Fox instead of Disney, and somehow yeah. made it that they could cross over the X Men movies with the DC movies, I I wonder. 
There has to be a clause that they couldn't do that, right? Like, Well, yeah, I mean, all the X-Men if, movies are made with Marvel Comics. Uh, I mean, not... Like, Marvel Studios spun off into its, like, separate entity, but Marvel Comics, I think, still had to like, coordinate with the uh, producers of the X-Men movies. Yeah. You, you can only have Wolverine say fuck. You can't have... Professor X say fuck until you put it in an R-rated movie. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, they wanted to have multiple fucks in that movie, so they, uh, you know, more than one upgrades it from PG-13 to R. They would have to have... Well, wait, no, Xavier does say fuck in uh, Days of Future Past, and that's PG-13. Does he? Yeah, when um, Wolverine goes to talk to him in the past... Like, the one fuck in the movie is him telling Wolverine to fuck off. Okay. That was the one fuck. Yeah. Because it was a callback to the time that Wolverine said fuck in first class. That's true. I guess I'm an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Although, I think Wolverine and Xavier are the only ones who get to say fuck in that whole franchise. Um, yeah, because they, they didn't have one in first class. Uh, it, it was I, Wolverine I we... in first class. No, oh, yeah, right. He started um, the trend there, and then Xavier did the callback, and then both of them did in Logan. Right. What what was the one that didn't have one? Was uh, that, um... I don't know if Apocalypse had one. Yeah, that, that just had the Metallica song. That didn't have a fuck. Mm. <laughs> the Metallica song is the only thing I remember. Yeah, that and that and uh, Psylocke's costume because, damn. Mm. <laughs> and um, Oscar Isaac's playing Ivan Ooze as Apocalypse. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I could never forget that. And that scene where they walk out of Return of the Jedi and they're like, "Well, at least the third one's always the worst." <laughs> the fucking dumbasses who wrote that line. Is either is either dumbasses or people who are like we look see we don't give a fuck yeah we we know it this just, is bad we gave up <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> but you you just know the writers are like oh, okay let's make fun of X Men three yeah. and they're like oh my god we made a worse movie than X Men three oh my god we are the three of the prequels yeah I. Okay, so the video I sent you earlier is a slow mo scene mm. of like a, a woman flying in a car. I'm oh, guessing it has okay, to do with flash the the hot dog scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another scene dog. that got deleted from the theatrical. Where um, I think her name's Iris is about to get in a car accident, and so Flash <laughs> goes into speed mode, which is basically like Quicksilver, because when he enters the Speed Force, uh, one his shoes explode. Like his shoes just explode <laughs> when he goes into speed mode. But otherwise, he sees the world in slow motion, and he sees, like, I don't know, there's like a, a bag of hot dogs that starts flying through the air or something, so he, like, s- takes the time to, like, look at one and pick it up and stick it in his pocket and then catch her before uh, she crashes into a truck and dies. Um, and then he gets back to normal uh. speed mode and pretends the hot dog wasn't a big deal because he got it to feed to a dog. 
and not because okay. it was just some well, weird thing that he decided to do. Well, this video is a hot dog slowly flying into the woman's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like that Lindsay Ellis gif of just hot dogs flying in her face. Yeah, it's pretty reminiscent, yeah. That's that's a thing that she'll never live down, probably. Yeah. No, back um, in the, the Tigwatig days. Oh, there's a lot of things that a lot of people won't live down. Mm. Um, workplace abuse. Okay, so I played the Mafia games. Speaking of workplace <laughs> abuse. Oh, God. Are you kidding? Mm. In Mafia things? Yeah. Yeah. Like, pe- people get workplace abused all the time. I really want to stop talking about that. Mm. Let's talk uh, about killing people. Yeah. So, I talked a little bit about Mafia 1 last time. Mm. The the remake. Um, which I'm pretty, f- I'm pretty sure was like a full remake in the Mafia 3 engine. Mm. Um... And yeah, like it's a it's a classic like prohibition era mafia story. It's like heavily inspired by Goodfellas and Godfather and probably other mafia movies. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. And it it's it's a very good story and you don't have to interact with the open world at all. And I like that because I have limited time on my hands these days. And I don't want to drive around in an open world for, I don't know, 10 hours <laughs> mm. just to complete the rest of the game. So then I played Mafia 2 and I drive, I drove around an open world for 10 hours to complete the game. And uh, so that wasn't as good. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Mafia 2 was just a straight up port. Like they, they just remastered it for current consoles slash PC. Mm. And it it is very um, like PS3 era open world crime game because it reminded me of GTA 4 a lot. Except it's a, I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than GTA 4. Mm. Um, Because I can, there's not this weird thing where I can't take the characters seriously because they're acting like fucking goofballs. But I can't treat them like comedy characters either because they're also just murdering people. And they don't have a dildo bat or a dubstep gun? or No, they don't go Saints Row with it. Um, actually, I don't think anything funny ever happens aside from like repetitions of lines. Mm. Well, I mean, that sounds like a mafia thing. Yeah. It would be more a serious crime story. Yeah, because I, I mean, in the in the first game, um, your the your protagonist, uh, Tommy Angelo, like he's generally a good guy who just like kind of falls into the mafia because mm. like he's a he's a cab driver that basically gets his cab hijacked at gunpoint so uh, these two mobsters can get away from a crime scene. Um, and then the, so, and the, the mobsters pay him 
um, for basically being his impromptu getaway driver. Mm. And then the rival mobsters uh, destroy his car because he helped the original gang. So he falls in with the original gang um, and helps them take out the gang that destroyed his car. Mm. Um, and yeah, from there, it's like a the, the classic mobster story, like downward spiral, mm. like, you know, doing worse and worse things. Um, like getting a better and better position, but just like falling into a, the downward spiral of like guilt and paranoia that that comes with um, gaining power and organized crime. Mm. But does he kill the guys who destroyed his car? Um, he killed his dog. <laughs> no. No. I at least not I mean maybe. Mm. Okay, so there's no not specific faces to the people he needs revenge slash protection like, from. Like the the guy who wrecks his car, like they call him Dino, and then you, you go you go and steal his car. Oh. Yeah. Um so you, you do get like reciprocal revenge. Mm. You got a car for um car. Yeah. That's that's the, the ancient, code of yeah, Hammurabi's code of eight. car theft. <laughs> it's it's the the Ford code, I guess. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> um, that's street justice. But yeah, and then at the the whole the whole conceit of the story is that it's like present day is like nineteen thirty eight, and Tommy is like telling his backstory to. Um, like a federal agent for like basically protection from the mob and you go through the story um, about how everything got so fucked up mm. and, and then the police are like surprise we're working for the mob and they shoot you <laughs> that, that kind of would have been funny but no like, yeah, thank um, you for telling us the story we now have all the evidence we need to shoot you to I mean, the, the 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 Fed does like threaten to do that a few times. He's like, "Look, you you know you're telling me that you like shot up a church, right? It's like you you can't you can't just get off from this." And he's like, "All right, look, do do you want to do you want to nail the Don or not?" Oh, okay, so he's got like he's a protection like, <laughs> deal going where he's going to admit to a bunch of crimes, yeah. but get off because that's part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah, because he he knows they want the big fish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like he just keeps like telling stories about worse and worse things. Um, then eventually, at the end of the game, like you the the two the two characters that um, like hijacked this cab at the beginning of the game, Sam and Polly. Um. Like they're, like they're basically become best friends with Tommy. Like they're very, they're all very close with each other. And then the three of them find out that the Don is selling drugs, which he vowed to never do. And okay, so that's the not, line he can't cross. You can shoot up a yeah. church, but drugs. Well, the the thing is that 
like the Don's having them traffic drugs without cutting them in on any of it. Oh, oh. Um, it's like the the whole line of the 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 like moral line about drugs exists, but like it's not. But it's their pocket. It's not what they. Yeah. So like, Sam backs out. He's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna fight the dot the the Don on this." And Polly and Tom um, rob a bank without getting approval from the Don. Mm. Um, and then the next day. Tom finds Polly with a bullet in his head, and a lot of shit happens. And he ends up th- like the the final the final story beat is Tom fighting Sam, who killed Polly. Um, like I think they fight in a museum, mm. um, and then it it cuts to the future where like Tommy has like a a wife and kid, and he's at his daughter's wet wedding talking about um like the social mechanics of family mm. um and then and then he gets shot by his daughter who <laughs> like is he, surprised he... she's actually working for the mom <laughs> oh imagine Actually, she's the Don. She pulls yeah. up her mask and it's the Don. <laughs> I ate your daughter. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh. Also, the game takes place in a version of Los Angeles called Lost Heaven, which is a very early 2000s open world game name. Mm. Uh, so it's in the same universe as Metal Gear. Outer Heaven. Oh, uh, right. I, I never put those two together, but yeah, that is very... Uh, it's, it's, ju- it's just a, shit, a very shitty play on words of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because they didn't want to sec- pay Los Angeles the copyright on their name. Yeah, it, it's the the whole like not actually the city, but you know it's the city thing. Mm. Like it just gets worse as the games go on, and I'll, I'll get to that. Um, it seems weird where if they're going for that serious of a tone, you'd think they'd want to use real world location names. Yeah, well, the the first the first game was made in like two thousand two, mm. so like I I get that one. Um, like Ma- Mafia Two was made in twenty ten. They they call their version of New York Empire Bay, mm. which sure. Oh, so it's like, like the DC universe. Good Metropolis y- y- is the New York because it's a metropolis. Well, that that's that's the weird thing. Like the the third the third game um, takes place in New Bordeaux, which is a version of New Orleans. But like the they have songs, um, they have songs on the radio that have New Orleans in the in the lyrics. Mm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's the like, other city that's what are we directly doing? across the bay from New Orleans. 
Right. That that is never mentioned yeah. <laughs> in, in the dialogue of the game, but just exists in in songs, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because it there was there's the same thing in um, Infamous Two. It takes place in a, a New Orleans-like city called New Marais, and uh, the one of the one of the districts in the city is called uh, it's Ascension Parish, which is an actual parish in Louisiana that is like between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. So, like, there's there's just like another major city between Baton Rouge <laughs> and New Orleans. Mm. That are all within like two hours of each other. Yeah, but it's, but it's, the real cities would have sued if they names were used <laughs> without copyright permission. Yeah, <laughs> just the 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 mayor of New Orleans is just itching to sue a video game company. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Mafia Two is. weird it, it feels very gta like more than the first one does maybe because like the the first one was a remake and the, the second one just was the game like more or less intact from the way it was made in 2010 or whatever mm. um it feels just like a better version of gta 4 uh and i i don't i like it, it's it's apparently the best one, but I really don't have that much to say about it, mm. um, because it it is also just another gangster story, <laughs> except it takes place in the fifties instead of like the Prohibition era. Okay. Um. So it's a different character so, every time. Yeah, like you and and two, you play Vito Scaletta, who, like. Grew up on the streets. Uh, he was a bad kid. He got arrested, like when he turned eighteen, and so he he basically got shipped off to the army because it was uh, the nineteen forties. Mm. Um, and so he fought in Italy because he spoke Italian. Um, because like his 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 family was. His family immigrated from Italy when he was, like, really young. Mm. So he grew up speaking Italian, so they shipped him off to fight in Italy. And then he comes back. Um, one of his friends, Joe, who was the, the guy that got him in trouble in the first place, um, like, calls a guy and gets him discharged from the army for, for injury. Because, mm. like, he, 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 he actually did get shot in Europe and get shipped home. But like, he was supposed to go back like two months later. Um, but now he's just in the city. Um, and then he immediately goes back to crime Mm. (laughs) as you do. And, uh, Vito's whole, whole story is like, okay. I basically grew up with nothing. My dad was a slave to, his work which didn't pay him anything or respect him at all so i'm gonna take what's mine and i won't let anybody stop me that's his whole thing Mm. like in in the first game like tom just kind of fell into it and just kept going with it 
but so, like Vito just act, Vito is just into it. Like he he wants the whole mobster life. Okay, so so it does still have like a mafia structure to it, or is he more of a rogue agent? Yeah. Um. Well, it's it's kind of weird in that sense. Like in in the first ones, like oh, you get into the um, Salieri family, and their biggest rivals are the Morello family, and so it's very classic. Like these these are the good guys, like from the protagonist's perspective, anyway. Mm. And these are the bad guys. Yeah, and you've got, like, the Dawn um, is the one giving you the jobs and giving you approval to do jobs. Right. And, uh, in Mafia 2, it's a little weirder. Um, because, like, there's basically, like, a, um, there's a group called the Commission, which is, uh, like a, a meeting between the the heads of the biggest three families, and the the weird part is that like Joe is working for one family, like he's he's not in one, like the that best friend Joe, mm. um, like he's working for a family, he's not in a family yet, and then Vito goes to jail again. Um, and a guy named Leo basically, like, gives him protection and then get, gets him out early. And Leo is the, like, second in command for a different family. So when Vito gets out, um, he actually, like, Leo actually gets him into the family that Joe works for because he doesn't... he. He basically just doesn't want him to have to kill his best friend, right? Mm. At some point. Or put them at odds. Um, and then eventually... Like, eventually shit goes down. Like, Vito just keeps making terrible decisions for his own health. And the health of everyone around him. Um, and he pisses off everybody. By selling selling drugs without cutting in his uh don which is basically the same thing that happened in the first game except in a in a different way mm. um no it's like poetry so yeah, he pisses yeah, exactly and shit yeah uh, and stuff so yeah the and the like the the game is like everything he everything Vito cares about like slowly gets pushed away like his mom dies while he's in jail and he's like he can't even go to the funeral um he he beats up his sister's husband um because he's because he's cheating on her mm. um and then she she basically tells tells him she basically tells Vito that she never wants to see him again. So now he's got no family. And then at the end of the game, um, Vito, Vito's family was supposed to kill Leo, the, the guy who basically helped him out in prison. Mm. Um, but Leo, uh, he... He likes he stopped the guy who was supposed to kill him from doing that, and he got 
Vito out, uh, he got Leo out of the city. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, when everything is fucked up, Leo says, all right, you kill this one guy and we'll smooth over everything and you'll be just fine. So Vito goes and kills him. And when, when he, when he's confronting him, like Joe, best friend, Joe, he's there like working for the Don, like working for the guy Vito's supposed to kill. And Joe's like, and Joe, instead of like doing the smart thing, he helps out Vito. And that's the big, oh, good. My, my best friend is like the only one who's on my side moment. Mm. So, so they kill him and then they get back to Leo and Vito gets in the car with Leo and Joe gets in another car and Vito asks why why Joe's car just uh, took a turn off the highway while they're still going straight. And Leo says he wasn't part of the deal. So the whole point is, like, as he keeps getting deeper, like, he keeps losing people he loves, and now basically he's all alone. Mm. <laughs> because Mafia has no... <laughs> Mafia doesn't care about happy endings. Mm. Oh. And then you return also, to the Vito open was... world and get to keep doing crimes and, and stuff. Yeah, you 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 get to um, keep selling cars, I guess, because it, there's nothing to do in the open world mm. aside from steal cars. It's mm-hmm. steal cars and run like... them into other cars, and yeah, the open world is completely unnecessary. There's nothing to do there. It's so like all that driving is for nothing. Mm. Um, but also, one of the missions in the game is to kill Tom Angelo, the protagonist from the first game. So that's interesting. Oh, like in the end of the first game? Yeah. It turns out it was the protagonist from the second game who actually ended up killing him. Oh. And they... They set it up in a way that might not be obvious, like, if if I didn't just play the first game, um, like, a day before. Mm. They're like, okay, we have to kill this guy. He he ratted out his Don, um, and he went to jail, so now we, they want to kill him. It's like, oh, I get what's happening. Mm. But, like... Maybe if I played the game, like, five years before, like, they're expecting of people, like, it might not have been so obvious. Mm. Eh. And the, the the third game is a whole different kind of mess <laughs> to talk about, mm. because, it, because it's about racism. <laughs> and I'm very white. Mm. Uh, yeah, it takes place in the 60s. You play Lincoln Clay, who is a guy that grew up on the streets of not New Orleans. Um, the guy who took him in was basically the the leader of like the only black um, crime family in the city. Mm. Um, but Lincoln goes to in, to fight in the Vietnam War, which is another thing that is way beyond my scope to talk about. Mm. Uh, so they're establishing more parallels, so these things can rhyme. Yep. 
So Lincoln goes to Vietnam, comes back. Um, turns out he like he wasn't just in the army. He also got like a lot of CIA training. Oh, by the way, Lincoln Lincoln Clay is like a he's like six foot four. He he is a very large and intimidating black man. Okay. Um, whereas the the other guys in the series like they were they were dangerous, but they were kind of just guys. Mm. Like Vito has a cool scar on his face, but other other than that, like he's not super intimidating by himself. Mm. Lincoln Clay is a fucking giant. <laughs> um, so he gets back. Um, he finds out that Sammy, the guy who is basically his stepdad, like took him in when he was young. Um, he's in huge debt to the to the Italian mob and their leader Sal Marcano so they rob the Federal Reserve and once uh, once the job is done Sal's son Georgie shoots Lincoln in the head Um, they kill Sammy who is basically Lincoln's dad and Ellis who is basically Lincoln's brother and they burn down his bar and basically take over all, all of his um, crime assets. Mm. And they shoot his dog and they um, steal his car. And... <laughs> they, do, they do actually steal his car. He has a very specific car and they do steal mm. it and they give it to some jackass. Um, but yeah, and then the... the okay, so the conceit of the first game was that it was... Tom, Tommy telling his story to a, a federal agent. Um, I don't think the second story really had a conceit or like a narrator. Okay. Um, like I, I, I think it was kind of just happening. Um, Mafia Three gets told in this really cool documentary style, where it, it's it's like a like a journalist is. Um, doing a, a report on Lincoln Clay, like where he came from, how he got to where he is. No. Oh, and they're they're interviewing like a like a, an an FBI agent who was following Lincoln Clay the whole time. Um, like some of the principal characters that are around in the story um and father james who is a priest who is maybe like the best voice acted character in a video game ever um like he 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 knew lincoln since he was a kid and he's basically been doing his best to like keep him out of trouble forever um, but then, you know, Lincoln's whole family dies all at once, and, um, all Father James can do is, like, like, he, he keeps him alive, like, while he's in a coma, and takes care of him, and then after that, Lincoln vows to, you know, like, dismantle Sal Marcano's whole criminal enterprise, piece by piece, and like kill everyone involved with it 
And Father James is like, okay, look, if if you need to kill Marcano, like, just do it and get it over with. Like, don't go down this whole, like, revenge crusade that you're doing. Like, it'll only lead to a bad place. But, of course, there wouldn't be a game mm. if that happened, right? Yeah, it's like, I, I've played the so. first and second of these games, and if you do this, you're going to get an ending like those guys. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Because, um, like, the, like as you as you go on, you get Father James's backstory. Like, he was a, he was a medic in World War II. He saw some shit slash did some shit. Um, so, like, he's not... He's not like the the typical version of a priest. He's, you know, he's the kind of priest that kicks ass for the Lord, mm. <laughs> more or less. Um, so like th- throughout the game, as the story progresses, like you get, you get like these these documentary s scenes from like the the FBI agent, like basically giving backstory on all the criminal enterprises here. Either about to or just have taken out and all the, all the criminals you're about to gut with the combat knife. Um, and you get these interludes from Father James basically like giving these soliloquies about, um, like how e- either, either how racism has affected, um, his past or society or how or how basically Lincoln's turn to the dark side. Um, That's basically where I mean kinda. In the main game he doesn't really have that much personality other than I'm gonna kill this guy and everybody he loves. Mm. Um, this this got really dark, and I didn't intend it to. <laughs> but like mafia, the mafia games are very dark. Like, there's not much. Th- like, there's not much levity in them. Mm. Like, like Joe in the second game is like he's a he's he's like a Joe Pesci character. Like, he is. Like he's he's funny, but also like he murders people for a living, you mm. know? Like And then in, in Mafia Three it's like all the all the themes are like terrible and depressing. It's like racism and war and murder and betrayal and the only good thing about it is that hey, it's the sixties, there's pretty good music around, I guess. Mm. Um. Oh, also, there's a CIA guy who helps Lincoln take down the criminal inter- enterprise, and there's three criminal underbosses. One who is like a a black free- freedom fighter named Cassandra. Um, one who is like an Irish stereotype <laughs> named Burke, and the third one is. An Italian mobster named Vito Scaletta, who comes back from the second game, um, and he's your buddy now, so that's nice. 
and he's the only one who will probably not betray you because the other two are very untrustworthy. Mm. Um, and you can choose to, like the, basically the the whole gameplay, like the 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 story of the game is very good and very well done and extremely well voice acted. But the the actual gameplay kind of sucks because it's just like go here, kill these guys, steal the money, and then do that about eight more times, and then you you get to you get the option to go to a certain place and kill even more guys and steal even more money, and then kill the specific guy, and then you do that twice, and then you get an actual story mission with like some kind of production and those are great but everything in between is like like i might as well be running around on rooftops in assassin's creed just like shanking archers mm. yeah i mean the plot yeah, sound, especially the third one sounds like a lot of the assassin's creed games where you just vow revenge against an organization and then you have this huge checklist of okay you got to kill this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and and yeah, then you find them and you kill them. Yeah, I mean the 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 third game the it, it's it's kind of insane like how how well the story is crafted, um, or how, how it's presented rather. It's like at the end of the day, like it's just a basic revenge story, but the the way it's told is very interesting. It touches on a lot of like meaningful themes um but then the the gameplay is just the exact same thing like dozens of times mm. until you get to the cool mission where like you you raid a riverboat with uh the the main villain's brother on it and you kill him oh um here's a part I liked uh at so the the first like basically the tutorial area um like the the first boss you could say is uh it, it's it's basically like a a criminal version of the the Ku Klux Klan mm. like like a traditionally criminal <laughs> um and what Lincoln does is he he ties him by the neck to a Ferris wheel, and he sends he sends it up. <laughs> um, so that was that was cool. That that was a funny moment mm. where you know a racist gets hung by the neck until dead. Mm. That was. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like a lot of games let you shoot Nazis, but there should, really should be more games you get you get to shoot KKK. Yeah. We should play Red Dead Redemption 2. I hear you can do that. Mm. Um, oh, and at the end of the game, you can choose to either leave or stay and like rule the city as a crime boss. And both endings and, are bad. Well, the, the ending where you leave, it's basically like, okay, I did all this horrible shit and murdered like thousands of people. Mm. Um, for my own like petty revenge scheme, then I just left and 
like lived as a dock worker for a while. And then you got shot. There's actually no ending for Lincoln Clay if you do that. Okay. So um, it isn't that you get you either retire, or you try to retire, and then someone comes for you and you get shot. Or you decide to stay and yeah. roll over everything and someone comes for you and you get shot. I, I think the ultimate ending when, where you leave is um, like it's the FBI agent um, basically saying like like every few years I get a I get reports of a, a sighting of Lincoln Clay, but they they never stick. Like he's constantly on the move. Mm. Um, then the, there's another ending where you stay, and if, if you stay, you get another decision of do I kill do I kill my um, underbosses and rule the city for myself, or do I share it between all of us? And if if you kill them all, then after he kills them, Lincoln gets in his car and it explodes and he dies. And then we get a speech from Father James basically saying, yeah, I put a bomb in his car. Because I wanted because to Because he was fucking... Everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Once yeah. he killed everyone, I been... killed him. Now I am in charge. That would have been... Oh my god. <laughs> there can be only one. No. <laughs> Highlander yeah, rules. He, he chops Lincoln's head off with a sword. <laughs> yeah, just the quickening happens. Uh, Lightning strikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I wish, but no. He's like yeah, Lincoln like, Clay I is evil. Tried the city. I don't it's even boring. feel bad about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And then in the in the other one, like Lincoln rules the city. And he like help helps uh, helps the black citizens of the city like like Sammy Robinson did. Um, he, like builds houses and like gives to charity stuff like that. But like he's still a crime mm. boss. He's just not an asshole about it like Sal Marcano was, I guess. So it's an ending. Yeah, and there's probably still a bomb in his car, but it it doesn't get activated. Yeah, Father James is like, okay, you're still an asshole, but like, I guess you're not an asshole I want to kill. Mm. And there's DLC missions, but we're like way past two hours, so I don't want to really get into mm. those. One of them is very dark. <laughs> well, that's a surprise like, for a series like this. It involves a cult, and I don't want to get into mm. it. But one of them is like one of the DLCs is is like a cool '60s car chase type thing, where at at the end, like at the end, you have to escape. Um, you have to escape the evil racist county um, deputies who have who inexplicably have like a hundred police cars chasing you at once. Um, and the the way you escape is by going off a ramp, like through a billboard of the corrupt uh, sheriff that you, that you just sent to jail. It, it's, it's like a Duke's a hazard. It's to thing. Yeah, I I'd rather go with Smokey and the Bandit, mm. considering the 
the the whole Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't really know either of the references except for vague cultural osmosis. Dukes of Hazard is uh, that car is called the General Lee, and considering the themes of this game, I I don't really want to compare them. Uh, yeah, I'd rather go with, I'd rather go with something like, um, I'd rather go with something like Blues Brothers, where it's just way over the top, mm. like, like, like they're they're the cars are flying like three hundred feet in the air, mm. like there's inexplic inexplicably like thirty of them chasing them at mm. once. So it's like a Fast and Furious that, movie. That, yeah, pretty much. Just with the whole 60s vibe, which I appreciate. Yeah, when are we getting Fast also and the, Furious the... Zero set in the 60s? They should do that. <laughs> or, no, Fast and Furious <laughs> Babies. Duh. And it's young Vin Diesel Dump, and Dump young the... the Rock. <laughs> and they're driving that like little Dump. tykes car, but doing all the same stunts. Dom, Dom's a little baby. He's like talking about loving his family while he's sucking on his mom's tit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then he gets in his little tykes car and he's just speeding down the road, <laughs> doing flips and flying through like buildings and stuff. Then they they get in like the little Power Wheels, um, like battery powered cars, yeah. and they they like go over a little mud hill. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in like <laughs> slow motion, then, so it's super cool. Yeah, and then like a firecracker goes yeah. off. <laughs> As they go over the hill, we should end mm. this. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate to put it that way, but I'm yeah, tired don't worry, of talking. Listeners, the show and... will continue. Yep, we have we have a lot of cartoons to watch before the next show. Yep. Oh, what's a joke to end on? Um. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'll just end it on that. It's like, yeah. kind of day. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>